Hey everyone, welcome to Faith, Coffee, and a Kid podcast. Today's episode is a continuation of yesterday's when I talked to you about four reasons why you should start a women's Bible study group. Today, I'm going to dive into the practical ways and steps that you can get started on your women's Bible study. It's going to be amazing. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, welcome to Faith, Coffee, and a Kid podcast. This is your host, Cherie, and today we are diving into the second half of the reason you should create a women's Bible study group. So yesterday, I posted a podcast talking about the four reasons why I think starting a women's Bible study group is such a fantastic idea. And I really encourage you, if you haven't listened to that podcast, to go back one and and just take a really quick listen to it. Because I talk about um, four of the things that really stick out to me are the reason why I love um, women's Bible studies is one is that it's iron sharpening iron, right? When you're in a women's Bible study group, you are sharpening each other's faith, you're sharing testimonies, you are a support for one another. So there's that fellowship. You're being that tightest woman because you guys are training each other in God's word. And you're also at the center of it, right? You're learning about the Lord's word. You are getting a fresh um, perspective from other women in the class. And you are learning how to be equipped to do his work. And in turn, you're able to give that back. And so those are just, that's like just a really quick rundown of why I love Bible studies for women specifically. Um, And today I want to talk about the practical steps in creating your women's Bible study. And so this kind of gets into the structure and um, just those practical things that you need to get it started. I started a Bible study in the summer last year and I had, um, you know, COVID had hit and we weren't in our churches and there was just a lot of things going on. Everybody was kind of feeling a little uncertain about things and missing each other. And so I ended up teaching at the encouragement, once again, of the women in my life who I met through church um, to do this Bible study. And it was on breaking the chains of stinking thinking. And I was writing a book that I'm still not finished with called 15 Tips to Avoid um, Single Mom Burnout. I actually ended up creating the conference from the book, but didn't create the book. But one of the tips is, you know, to avoid, to break the chains of stinking thinking. And so I created a Bible study from that chapter, and it was based off of the prescription that Paul gives us in Philippians for correct thinking. And I have to say, even in the craziness of COVID, the sadness and just the kind of isolation, it was truly something I looked forward to every single week. And it was a small group of women, maybe 15 people. Uh, We were online. And um, I just, it really was a highlight for me. And it actually kind of was one of those things that um, encouraged me to like study more and just um, maybe create more Bible studies and just be comfortable with like teaching. So again, I cannot tell you enough of like why I think it's such a great idea for you to do this. Um, But I want to say this, this particular podcast is not for... Um, 
this is for if you're basically trying to start a women's Bible study group, probably outside of church. If you have a Bible study at church, that's great. Keep going. Um, if you want to start one, you want to actually go to your elders or whoever is in charge of kind of like creating those ministries and creating the Bible study um, education classes and things like that, because they probably have their own process um, and how you should get it started. But this in general is like a nice blueprint of just, you know, how to kind of get it going anyway. Um, so again, if you are going through your church, make sure you talk to them first, you know, cause like I said, they probably have their own thing. Um, but if you're deciding, Hey, I am like gun ho about this. I want to start a women's Bible study. This is going to be great. I'm calling my friends. Then this is where you need to be. Right? So first I'm going to give you the very first step. And I think this step is so crucial to everything we do. And that first step is prayer. So go in prayer and ask the Lord if this is the season for you to do this, if you should be doing this. Um, and I do think that's important, obviously, because we want to make sure that whatever we're doing, that we are centered in him. And so you will get the answer, right? Because not every season in our life is um, built for the things that maybe we want to do but God's like, hold on, I have something else for you to do. So going to the Lord and asking him, you know, being very prayerful about your Bible study and, you know, the right timing and who to invite and, you know, what kind of Bible study it should be. Really dive into um, to prayer about this, right? Like journal, think about it. Um, and, and definitely go into prayer first. Um, so that's the number one step. And I would say through, throughout your Bible study, right, throughout the whole length of it, you want to make sure that you are consistently praying about next steps and, you know, just for your Bible study group in general. So now the second thing is you're going to think about who you want to have as members. Now, you always want to make sure that you are being, number one, welcoming, hospitable, kind, right? You don't want to exclude people. Um, but with that being said, there are some groups that are not for everybody, right? So you may want to create a Bible study that speaks specifically to single moms, and that's okay. Um, so thinking about, you know, is this just a general group that just gets together. There's no real, you know, it's just like women from every season in life. Or is this a, a specific group of women? Um, for example, moms of toddlers, right? Um, wives, um, single moms, single people or, or single women, moms of teens, um, working moms. Like, so you might want to break it down and think about that. And, you know, if that's something that you wanted to be more targeted, then that's how you're going to kind of um, go out there and ask people to join, right? And so then once you do that, you know, think about where you're going. Like, is it the church? Um, you can ask people in church, women in church, in your community, your friends, your neighbors. I really want to say this though, and I think we don't do this enough as Christians, we don't reach out to people we don't know. And those women may be really craving to join a group, right? Or just to um, get involved and not know how, and not only not know how, but don't have anyone reaching out to them. So really ask God to like 
lead you to those women because I don't know if you've ever felt this, but I've been on the outside before and I've been on the outside at church before and it's not a great feeling, right? And it kind of makes you just feel like an island unto yourself. And as Christians, we need to not be doing that. We really need to be much more um, inclusive and bringing people in and reaching out to people we don't know. Okay, because that's breaking down those walls. And we're also opening up the possibility of new friendships, of um, deeper faith, and we're doing what we are supposed to be doing, right? And that is loving our neighbor, you know, opening that door to that stranger that you don't know who may just need um, an invitation. So once you think about, you know, the group, what type of group, um, you know, how to reach out, who to reach out to. Another thing you can always do if you're thinking like, well, how am I supposed to invite somebody I don't know? Ask your friends, right? Like if there's somebody in your group, make sure that you're telling them that too. Because what you want to do is you want to set a tone for your group. You want to make sure that people are feeling hospitable and you know, like people feel the hospitality, they feel the kindness, they feel the welcoming um, nature of your group. I've known women and, you know, who shied away from joining um, women's groups because they feel like it's gossipy or it's chatty, you know, it's, it's catty. And I hate those labels that women get because I feel that they are unfair, right? Um, and I feel that that doesn't have to be the experience. It's definitely not my experience. Um, I have experienced that before. And luckily, I think I've known that that I've had good relationships with women where I know that that doesn't have to be that way. However, there are people who that's only their experience, right? And then they kind of are like, eh, I'm done with that. And so you always want to make sure that the group that you have, there is this tone of, um, togetherness, that there's not this like kind of separateness and that people can let down their guard and be authentic and genuine. Because what happens in Bible studies is, you know, there's a lot that happens, right? You get into conversations, you um, are applying the scripture to your life. And there are some really intimate times that happen that, you know, crying occurs and like really deep uh, stories are shared. So you want to make sure that it's a safe space. Um, I know I said this, I think yesterday, my Bible study teacher, she always says what stays in Bible study, what stays in, what happens in ladies class stays in ladies class, right? So keep that in mind as you um, start to pull your group together and, you know, start to set the tone for how you would like this group to be. Now, after you have your group, you're going to think about when it will be taught, right? That's a very practical thing, like what day of the week. Um, so this is something I would say that you really need to probably reach out to your group and have a consensus, right? So that can be difficult at times, but we'll talk about ways you can kind of like get around that. But in, in general, you want to make sure that the day works for the majority of people, um, and it could be specific to your group, right? So like if you have maybe parents, moms of newborns who aren't, you know, in the workforce right now, maybe mornings work best for them, right? Um, or if you have moms who are, you know, like really busy or just women in general who are busy and like the evenings are the only time that works, then do that, right? So setting that time, but being really, um, 
be very um, concise with it. You know what I mean? Like make sure it's a time that works, but that you're going to keep it throughout the, um, throughout the class. And of course that things do happen, you know, if you need to reschedule, usually, I don't think that's a big deal for people, um, unless it becomes a habit. So you do want to make sure that you get a consensus of what everyone, um, what works for everyone. Okay. The other part is the where. Now we are in a pandemic, so the where part gets a little tricky, right? I am hoping that soon, I don't know what state you live in, there are probably restrictions on how many people can gather. Um, You probably have your own preferences. And I think everybody is dealing with their own comfortability level with um, being in each other's homes, being around one another, et cetera, right? So you want to think about where you're going to have your Bible study. Now, I'm going to talk about two different ways. Obviously, the virtual, right? Um, You can always switch it off too. Like if things get better, just think this, you can switch it off. If you are going virtual like I did, um, think about what platform is easiest to use for everyone. I don't want to, you know, promote a specific platform. We used Zoom when we, uh, when I had the Bible study in June, and that worked perfectly fine because everybody is pretty much using Zoom or at least comfortable with it. And Zoom is free for the most part. Um, if you want an hour or more, I believe though it's like fourteen ninety nine. So that's something to think about. But most of us probably have some type of platform we can use. You have Google, you can also use, um, what else? There's Microsoft Teams, I believe it's free. I mean, so there's a lot of different ways to connect via online. Um, People use Skype still, but I prefer Zoom just because it's pretty simple and I just use the regular meetings, okay? Um, There is a webinar um, add-on that you can do, but I find with like Bible studies, I felt like the meetings worked best. Um, for the conference, totally different. Used a webinar much, you know, you just have more control, but I think, you know, you can easily do it just with the meeting function. You also want to make sure if you're doing it online that you have somebody who's the facilitator, meaning somebody who controls like the mute button, somebody who controls, um, or monitors the chat. So, Either, you know, you can do that if you, or you can rotate. And I'll tell you what, look at, you know, the one thing to do is ask for volunteers because some people are really uncomfortable with technology and they do not want to do it. And then you have them do it and they're just like nervous the whole week thinking about it. So we don't want that, right? Find out who's comfortable and then, you know, just switch off weekly, um, or have one person if they want to do it the whole time, that's fine as well too. So virtually, again, I think we have become so used to being virtual that there's not a whole lot of um, you know, surprises that happen. You obviously want to make it safe. You want to make sure that the link is sent, sent out um, beforehand, at least the week of, you know, like the week, like three to four days before. Um, and you just want to make sure that people have access. Now, the other where obviously is in person, which would be my preference if, you know, everything wasn't upside down, but hopefully with the vaccines and everything that are happening, we will be able to meet in person. 
I find this part to probably be the, the best, right? Because this is where that hospitality kicks in. This is where you can have a little fun with your women's group. Um, you can either choose one person's house or you can rotate houses. You can um, decide like, hey, you know, let's have a dessert night, right? And everybody brings a dish. Um, so there's a lot of fun that you can have there. You can have like crazy hat night or something. I don't know. But um, figuring out whose house you're going to meet at the time. And then you don't want it to be a burden on the person who's hosting. So always think about, you know, is there a dish that we can bring? So if it's a small group, maybe each person brings a small dish of like desserts, or maybe it's just one person bringing dessert, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, the other thing about in-person is you know, you not just rotate homes, you can have it outside if you have space outside. So that might be another option with COVID. Um, and once, you know, people are starting to feel more comfortable with summer coming up, it would be great to have like a garden Bible study, right? So be fun and creative with it once that time comes around. Um, the other thing that I did want to mention with the times, if people really can't make it and you do have a virtual class, Get consensus from everybody and permission to tape the or record the um, these the class, and usually people will not have a problem with that if you know they know right. And um, there's again a trust that you have that nobody's taking this information if private things are being said that they're putting it out there. But always ask first, you know, if everybody is comfortable to do a recording because that doesn't cost anything. And people who cannot attend, they don't actually have to miss the class, but they can get the recording. All right. So this is um, just moving along here. And so we did the when, the where, now the what, right? So what will be taught? Um, this can be a number of different things, right? So you can teach a book of the Bible. So maybe you're teaching um, or studying Ephesians um, or Paul or Peter, right? First Peter. So like there's that type of study. You can do a theme. So for example, um, women in the Bible, that's what my um, Bible study class is doing now. So they're doing uh, moms or no, women of Eve, I believe is the name, but you can do a specific theme. So that would be something like women in the Bible, or you can do a topical study, right? Such as maybe um, a Bible study on patience or anger or kindness. And so think about what you will be studying, right? And that's going to, again, if this is something that you're creating and you kind of just, I always think it's a good idea to, to talk to your group. And make sure that, you know, it's something that they want to study as well. And it depends on the size. I mean, if you have a hundred person group here that's meeting online every week, it's difficult, right? So you want to um, probably get together maybe with a small group or, or put a survey out there and have like maybe three topics at the most, like don't give out too many choices because here's the thing, you can always go back and do those those um, suggestions through the year, but get a small like survey monkey out. If you have a big group, put in like a few topics and then have them choose by a certain date. And then that is your, 
Bible study, right? And you also want to take into account, you know, what materials are needed. So if you're studying a book of the Bible, you know, obviously the Bible is needed. If you're studying maybe a book from an author like Beth Moore or Priscilla Schreier, that's going to require a little bit more forethought where people actually need to order the book. So you want to make sure that they know that within at least two weeks to three weeks in advance so that they get the book in time. Um, so yeah, that's one of the easiest ways that I find like choosing topics. Um, and then you want to think about who's teaching. So this, I've seen it go a few different ways, right? Like I've taught on my own without anyone teaching. Um, and that's fine. However, it does put a lot on that one person. And I never really understood exactly what all goes into preparing for a Bible study until I did it. I've seen it done and, you know, it seems so effortless, but obviously it's not. So it does take time. It takes effort. It takes thought. And so one of the things that I've seen work really well just recently with Our Lady's Bible study is our teacher who usually teaches the course or the class the whole time she decided to rotate them, to rotate who teaches. So we're doing Daughters of Eve. I'm sorry, not Women of Eve, Daughters of Eve. And so each one of us have taken um, a specific woman in the Bible. So I had like Lot's wife and um, somebody had Eve and then somebody has Rebecca. And so it's a really nice way to give women the opportunity to teach, to share their gift, to, um, you know, add like, I mean, everybody has their own kind of way of teaching, right? So like mine is very visual. Um, I have somebody in our class on Sunday is teaching and she's sending out a fact every week or every day about Deborah leading up to her class. So I love that idea. So really, you know, I, the more that I think about it, I really love the idea of rotating teachers and, you know, if you have a small group, that's pretty simple. I mean, if you have a big group, it's even better because it was like, you can really um, spread it out and have some people that really were never comfortable doing it, maybe stepping outside of that box. So one, you either choose a teacher or try the rotation schedule, which I am like, definitely hands, I, I think that that is the best way to go. Um. So let's see, we got the who, the when, the what, the where. Um, and the last thing is just thinking about what you want to make sure your Bible st study is, right? And I would say making sure that it's fun, okay? Have fun with it. Have fun with each other. Make sure you spend time laughing. Make sure you spend time, you know, talking and getting to know each other. And maybe you have one class where people come, you know, this is the nice thing about meeting in person once this can be done is like meeting maybe a half an hour beforehand and just eating together, right? Sharing a meal, breaking bread, having dessert. Um, doesn't mean you can't eat during the class, but like just having that time of fellowship beforehand. Um, and you can obviously do that online too. I know we tend to do it after class, but, um, you know, have fun. I mean, the point of these Bible studies for women, especially, I think, is really developing those intimate bonds. I don't know about you, but I have found that when I was growing up, the sisters in my grandmother's church, 
they were so close, you know, and if something happened to someone in their family or if one of them were sick, I mean, it was like a little marching brigade and they were up at that door with food and just, you know, cards and like, I mean, they were so close and they really counted on each other. And I found that that has kind of like, I don't know, I don't see that as much or at that level. And I'm sure because, you know, there's a lot like people are busy, right? But really use this time as like sacred time with each other and and try to build those bonds. Um, Again, make sure it's a safe space, a safe environment. Um, You want to make sure that people feel like whatever they say, that there is a trust there, there is, um, you know, a privacy there, right? Um, So you want to make sure it's an environment like that. The other thing is create a buddy system. So... One of the things is, you know, we were talking about bringing people in who um, may be new, right? They may be new to the church or just maybe new to your neighborhood or your community and making sure that they have a buddy. And when uh, we do this, like actually at work, right? Like when somebody new comes on as a member, we try to match them up with somebody who has similar interests, who kind of just gives them a call here and there and it says, how's it going? You have any questions? I love that idea because I feel like you have that like partner, right? And that person who's going to be encouraging. So if you're bringing someone in new, maybe have somebody who is, um, you know, comfortable and reaching out to them, be their buddy, right? Whether it's like a text a week or like just, hey, how are you type of thing. I think that's a great way to make people feel comfortable, start a group text. Um, This is a great way to encourage each other through the week with scripture or just like, hey, how you doing? Like, you know, talking about maybe what had happened during the week and how it applied to the Bible study or just, you know, how can I pray for you today? So um, yeah, those are just a few things that I wanted to share that are kind of a little outside of the practical structure thing. But to just keep in mind to really um, make people feel comfortable and to create this kind of family community. So the last thing is, um, you know, when you structure your your day or your study um, and the sense of like what it looks like, I just wanted to say, make sure that you definitely, definitely incorporate prayer. Um, we usually start out with a prayer at the beginning and a closing prayer. And I think that prayer request during that time is a beautiful thing to do. I would say do it at the end um, because, you know, the other reason I say do it at the end is not for like time reasons, but also during um, class, when you're immersed in the word and you're thinking, um, sometimes things that will pop into your mind to pray for somebody because a scripture, you know, triggered that. you know, trigger that thought about a person in your mind. And so, you know, at the end, I think it's always a good time to just ask for prayer for others and do those prayer requests and have that closing prayer. So, um, yes, that is everything I think. So if you have any questions, leave them in the comments below. Um, and I hope that you really decide to have a women's Bible study group. I I pray that you prayerfully ask about it to the Lord and that he guides you to do this because it really is such a rewarding 
um, experience. And, you know, the other thing really quick before I get off here is that another fun thing to do is meet outside the house. You know, once this COVID situation is under control, hopefully, you know, you can always meet at a coffee shop. You can, you know, always like find different ways to get together that are different. Sometimes do things outside of the group, right? Like meaning outside the group study. So maybe once a month or once every other month, you guys plan a a date together, right? Like where you guys go hiking or you go shopping or take a quick little road trip to the antique place up the, you know, across town or whatever. But like try to build those bonds in that community because they can really be lifelong. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you got a lot out of it. I can't wait to hear if you get started on this. I would love to know, you know, um, just your experience with women's groups. So have a wonderful day, have a blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and I hope those practical tips will get you started on creating your women's Bible study group. I just wanted to tell you that if you're interested in writing an actual Bible study, I have a live workshop coming up called Creating an Amazing Bible Study. It will be on May 27th, which is a Thursday from 6.30 p.m. till 8.30 p.m. Register today. I would love to see you there. The link is in the notes. Thanks so much. And if you like this podcast, please rate it on iTunes.